Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Well, what we're going to see here today is a type or a picture of our New Testament, our New Covenant reality where we live today, all the way back in Genesis. It's a marvelous, marvelous picture. And uh, help connect some dots here for you today concerning the Spirit and what God's plan with His Spirit has been for many, many thousands of years. And uh, we're going to pick up in verse 63. Genesis chapter 24 and verse 63, and it says, And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening, and he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon your people and upon the preaching of this word today. Thank you that you grace my lips to do this. Lord, you know that I cannot do this without you. But I thank you for the privilege I have to do it. And I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ to be upon all the hearers today, Lord, that we may know you more, that we may grow here today, that your word, Lord, would take deep root in our hearts and lives to produce the kind of life that you came to give us, God, life and abundance in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaac looked up and saw that the camels were coming. Where had these camels been that they were now coming? And that they were familiar to him. The camels were coming. These were his camels. They were his father Abraham's camels. They were coming back because Abraham had sent his servant, Eliezer, on a mission. And this was Eliezer's mission. Eliezer was Abraham's number one man. He was the foreman of the, ran- foreman of the ranch. And uh, Eliezer, uh, now it doesn't name him here, but being the type of mission that this servant was on, I think it's safe to guess uh, that it actually was Eliezer who was doing it because he's been with Abraham a long time. Abraham knows how, I mean, Eliezer knows how Abraham thinks. He knows how he works. And Eliezer has this task, this big responsibility of going and fetching a wife for Isaac, Abraham's son. This is not a small deal, not a small mission because there was this promise given to Abraham concerning his son Isaac. And he said, in Isaac, all the world will be blessed. In him, so shall your descendants be multiplied in the earth. And I will expand you on the right hand and the left. I mean, all these things are going to happen through your son Isaac. So he's going to have to get the right woman for Isaac. This is on Eleazar to do it. But here we see just a picture already, a type of a father sending his agent to go get a bride for his son. The Scripture talks about us, that the picture of a man and a woman coming together in the union of marriage is a smaller picture, just a glimpse of Christ and His church. So He has sent His agent, the Holy Spirit of God, here on the earth to prepare a bride for His Son. That's why He's here. He's here to get you ready to meet the Son. I love the Spirit of God. The Spirit's here to do that. The Spirit's here. He is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You know what amazes me about that? Is that He feels at home in the heart, in the life of the believer. 
Think about it. His name is Holy Spirit. His first name is Holy, I, I guess. Holy. And He lives in us. He lives in this earthen vessel. Now, when I was a kid, I was taught that the Holy Spirit jump in and out of you. It depends on where you went and who you hung out with. <laughs> I was taught that He, I mean, He was a Christian hopper, not a bar hopper, a Christian hopper. But I, I, the longer I read the Scriptures, the more I realized just how dumb that was, that He came and stayed. And He has made you and I holy and above reproach and blameless in His sight. And Jesus did that for us. And, and so purified us and so redeemed us and so justified us that the Spirit of the living God would come and live on the inside of us. That's extraordinary to me. And that, that has to be gifted to us. That has to be reckoned to us, not by our works of righteousness, because we couldn't. there's no way we could do enough or clean up enough to have the Holy Spirit feel like He could come and live in us. Jesus had to do that for us. It was His blood that cleansed us from all of our sin, that took away the sins of the world. And once that happened, God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their sins against them. Did you know that God's not counting your sins against you? I don't know if you've heard some good news lately, but that's some pretty darn good news. God is not holding your sins against you. That actually is the gospel. That is the gospel. That is real good news. I love the good news of the gospel. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and He was buried, and He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. There's the good news. But we've sure made it a whole lot of other things than what it actually is. I'm, I'm sad to say, I'm sad to see that the church has become ashamed of the gospel. And they try to put man's performance all around it and try to dress it up that we got to, you need to do this, and you need, you need to turn from sin, you need to repent, you need to do this, you need to do that, rather than Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. Whoever believes on Him will receive remission of sins. I'm not ashamed of that gospel because that's the real good news. I don't know about you, but I've been duped by supposed good news in my life. Huh? You've all been, and we've become jaded about it too. I've talked to you about this before, but you, we have to remember that this is a gospel that does not have another shoe that drops. It doesn't have a bait and switch to it. It doesn't have, now I've caught you, now this is what's required of you. Right? You know, Christmas time, I love Christmas time. It's, it's really my favorite time of the year. I love it. But I, we've been duped by Santa Claus. I'm not here to stand there and say, Santa Claus is distracting from Jesus. I don't think he does. I think the issue with Santa Claus is he's like the law. Here's why. It's us in our way of thinking. It's this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What's Santa Claus's mission? Well, first of all, he's a little creepy because he knows when you're sleeping. <laughs> and he knows when you're awake. And he knows when you've been bad or good. So you better be good for goodness sake. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. But good Lord. Oh, but he's jolly. <laughs> Think about this. Why you got to be good? Why should you? So that you can get gifts. Well, wait a second. I thought gifts were given. I didn't think gifts were earned. See, under the law, it's do good, get good, do bad, get bad. But under grace, it's this is what God wants you to have. Receive it. It's just what He wants you to have. It's God just being God, just being good. 
It's hard for us to really just accept the goodness of God sometimes in its entirety because we're so trained for condition, condition, condition. It's conditional, it's conditional, it's conditional, but he offers us unconditional love. It used to scare me to preach like this. It used to scare me to preach about the grace of God like this. I always felt like I had to fix it or, or had to explain it away. And I just got over that. I got, I got over being ashamed of the gospel. I just love its purity. I love its power. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Did you hear that? If we could just hear the gospel, we have the potential to have our entire life changed. That gospel, the good news. That's why I said we've been jaded by good news. We've been jaded by good things because we've been, we found out that the information that we got wasn't really all that true. There was called something called fine print, right? So we've made up these phrases. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I say if it sounds too good to be true, you've probably just heard the gospel. Because yeah. <laughs> it does sound too good to be true, but it's still true. Yeah. Christ died for our sins. Where, where am I in that deal? Christ died for our sins. Christ was buried. Christ rose again from the dead. Where are we in that deal? Uh, nowhere. Except our sins. And that's the essence of it. It's not Christ died, was buried, he rose again. The essence of the gospel is he died for our sins. So that no longer now does God account our sins against us. See, he really did get over it because Jesus really did take away the sins of the world. I wish the church would preach this. I wish the church would stop preaching so heavy on sin and preach on what the Bible emphasizes, the grace of God, the reconciled relationship the glorious salvation that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ, that He did everything that was necessary for us to come into a right relationship with God, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but by His mercy He saved us. Isaac looked up saw camels coming. He saw camels coming. Eliezer, how did I get to where I was just now? Some of you in the earlier service are like, is he preaching a different message? Look at verse 10. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. This is where he had to cross the fertile crescent to get over to where Abraham's family was. He had this mission from Abraham, said, I don't want to get Isaac a wife from Canaan here where we live. I need you to go back to my family and get a wife for him there. This is the whole deal. Ten camels. He's sitting on one, and he has nine camels laden with gifts. Again, we see another typology because when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we find something most extraordinary about the Spirit of God. Look at this, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through Spirit. Everybody say one. To another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Uh, no, that's two. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Beautiful. Verse 11, but, to one, and the, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. This is where God is just God. He gives as he wills. This is interesting. Nine camels laden with nine gifts 
and Eliezer sitting on one. And here the Spirit comes to us, and here he brings nine gifts with him. It's glorious. Why? Because he's getting us ready to meet Jesus, the promised Son. The Spirit is here to establish us. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 11, he said that I may impart to you, I long to see you, that I may impart some spiritual gift to you by which you may be established. To impart a spiritual gift to you. So these gifts that the Spirit brings with him, it's interesting to me, I have good friends who are denominational guys, you know, they, they hold to their little creed and their little doctrine. They, oh, we love the Holy Spirit, but we don't believe in the gifts. How do you separate the two? Because when he comes, gifts are coming with him. Amen. I mean, Jesus said, uh, uh, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. In Luke's gospel, chapter 11, verse 13, he says a little bit dif different. He, and Matthew talks about good gifts. In Luke, he says, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? To those who ask. In other words, you can't separate the Holy Spirit from the gifts. They're one and the same. With Him comes gifts. Gifts. These gifts that we just talked about right here. Amen. It's beautiful, isn't it? Are you guys awake out there? Are you all right? Okay. I feel like I'm preaching way better than you're amening, but that's all right. We've got to keep this thing moving. All His Master's goods, it says, all His Master's goods were in His hands. The Spirit. So everything that, that the Father had, He had given them to this age. They were in His hands. The primary gifts, these nine gifts, there are all kinds of other gifts along with it as well. It says gifts of healings. It says working of miracles. So there's, it's plural. There's all kinds that God wants to get into your life because He's given you the Holy Spirit. Let's look at verse 11 of Genesis chapter 24. Let's keep it moving. And He made His camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. So he's thinking, okay, I know uh, usually where women are at this time of day. I've got to find a wife, so let's go to this well, and we'll park here and see what happens. But watch this. Look what Eliezer does. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Now, sometimes the, I think a lot of people's prayers would stop right there. They just kind of leave it kind of generic, you know, uh, uh, Lord bless all the people in the world and let there be no more starving kids and just heal everybody. <laughs> okay, um, it's like, like a, a, a girl at a pageant, you know, they just want everybody to be okay all over the world. Behold, behold, here I stand by the well of water. Now watch this, look how specific he gets all of a sudden. I'm going to tell you, the Lord wants you to be specific in your prayers. Don't be afraid to ask for anything. Don't be afraid to ask for anything. Jesus said, whatever things you desire. When you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. He leaves it wide open. Well, Lord, I want what you want. I know, listen to me. Whatever things you desire when you pray. But Lord, I just want what you want. Well, I want what you want. What do you want? Amen. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Verse 14. This is his prayer. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, Drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed to, for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Wow, he gets real specific, doesn't he? So, Lord, this is how I, I want it to happen. 
I'm going to sit here by the well, and then I'm going to ask this woman to give me a drink, but then I, also, then I need her to say, okay, I'll give you a drink, but also I'm going to feed, give your camels to drink too and let her be the one. Wow, who does this guy think he is asking for something like that? Well, he learned something. He's been hanging around Abraham a long time. He learned something about Abraham. He learned how to call those things that be not as though they were. He watched Abraham. He watched Abraham that day when, when Abraham saw the mountain that the Lord told him he was going to offer up Isaac as a burnt sacrifice. He was there. And he said, you guys stay right here. The boy and I are going to go there on that mountain. We're going to worship and we will return. But God did not tell Abraham that we were going to return. He said that Isaac's going to be a burnt pile of ashes up there on that mountain. That's all Abraham knew. What's Abraham doing? He's calling those things that be not as though they were. When Abraham gets up there, Isaac says, Lord, Dad, uh, I see the wood, the fire, but where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide for himself the lamb for the sacrifice. God didn't tell him that. What's Abraham doing? He's calling those things that be not as though they were. And it was exactly as Abraham said. The ram was, 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 was there instead of, of Isaac. It was provided. He was the burnt sacrifice, and he and the boy both returned. Eleazar has been walk, watching this man of faith, so he decides to call those things that be not as though they were. And he got real specific, didn't he? Let this be the one. Now watch what happened here. He says, by this I will know. Now, I, I don't have time to go into the entire story, but guess what? A girl showed up, a girl by the name of Rebecca, and he asked for a drink. And she says, not only will I give you a drink, but I'll also give your camels to drink. How many camels did he have? He had 10 camels. He rode one, had nine laden with gifts. All right? There's these 10 camels along there, and she says the very thing that he asked to be the sign that she's the one for Isaac. It's interesting. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's thinking one thing and you might be thinking another. What's the Holy Spirit thinking here? What is his prayer? Oh, God, I need a hard-working woman for Isaac. Do you think that's Isaac's prayer? Come on, do you think that's Isaac? Men, help me out here. When you're praying for a mate where you're going, Lord, let her work hard. No, you're thinking, God, let her be a good kisser. Let her be hot. All the right stuff in all the right places. Huh? You're not thinking about her work ethic. But this servant's thinking about that. He's thinking about the work ethic. Think about this. See, the Holy Spirit is watching what you're doing. He's paying attention to your labor of love. He's paying attention to your service. Think about this. She has to, she has decided she's going to fetch water from a well for this man and ten camels. You know how much a camel can drink? A typical camel can drink 53 gallons in three minutes. 53 gallons of water in three minutes. Let's times that times ten. She is fetching some water now. I mean, she's going back and forth. I don't know if you've ever fetched water from a well. Uh, I have. I didn't enjoy it, especially after about three trips. My father-in-law used to take me out to, we were out in West Texas, and he used to take me out to Deer Lease. Actually, his brother owned it, and Robert Lee. And so he had planted some trees out there. Now, we weren't fetching water from a well. We had this big, had this big container. We were pouring water in these five-gallon buckets. 
and we'd walk and we'd fill up those buckets and we'd walk over to the trees. I don't know why I didn't park any closer to the trees, but we had to walk a long way. I can remember that thinking, why don't you just back the trailer up next to it? But anyway, walking, walking these buckets, and I'm telling you, by the time you try to set the bucket down, your hand is, it won't open up because it's stuck to the handle. That was just a few trips. This girl is making trip after trip after trip after trip after trip after who know, I don't know how long this took her, but to to, to quench ten camel ten camel ten camels thirst, it took her a long time. All I'm saying, this wasn't just a couple of buckets. We're talking about buckets and routine, same thing over and over again. But my family, I want you to notice something. She connected to his cause before she ever even understood the purpose of him being there. She did not know those camels were there for her. All those gifts that were on those camels were there for her. She had no idea. All she knew to do was just do the thing, just do the thing. You come here week in and week out. You're here at church. You've been here a long time. You've been faithful to serve. You've been faithful to give. It's the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. I want to tell you today that God is watching it. God is paying attention to your labor of love. He's paying attention to your giving, and He is about to laden you with good things. The blessings of God will overtake you. Stay with it. Keep doing it because this is beautiful to the Holy Spirit. No doubt she was beautiful, the Scripture says in verse 16 of the same chapter of Genesis 24. It actually says that Rebekah was very beautiful. So you know Isaac was really happy about that and the fact that she could work hard as well. That's just bonus, right? I'm almost through. Wow, we've been here an hour and ten minutes. What are we thinking? Look at verse 34. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. He asked her who she is when she does all this work, and he hands her a little bit of the, of the, of the jewelry, and he says, who are you? And so she tells him, well, you just come to my house. So he ends up going to their house, and then now they're asking him who he is. And he says, the Lord has blessed my master greatly. He has become great. He's given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. Next and Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and to him he has given all that he has. Verse 37. Now my master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son for the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell. 38. But you shall go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for my son. Jump down to verse 50. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, These are Rebekah's brother and father. This thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you either good or bad, bad or good. Here is Rebekah before you. Take her and go and let her be your master's son's wife as the Lord has spoken. So there it is. There it is. Take her now. They see all of this stuff, that these gifts that are for her to prepare her to meet her future husband. Right now we're in a time when the gifts are in operation in the earth. I think like never before. The church is doing well in the earth. I've traveled the world several times, and it's good to see. I'm very encouraged to see the people of God growing in the things of God, seeking out the things of God, that the church is preaching the gospel, and that good things are happening in the world, and that the power of the Spirit is in, is in operation. I watched this young man right here last year in Uganda cast devil out of several people, and he, he, he'd never done anything like that. 
And I'm like, welcome to the ministry. Just go get him. <laughs> and he jumped out there, and he went, he went to town. It was awesome. Anyway, we got, saw a lot of people set free. We saw a lot of people get healed. I mean, it was extraordinary. I, I love seeing those things. I love seeing the miracles. But let me just say something to you. Not everything about it has a spectacular viewing for, for you to see. Some of those things are very quiet. Some of the way the gifts operate and the way they function, sometimes they just happen in a, just a word spoken, just a soft word. It doesn't always have to be the sensational, even though we love that. But the Spirit works in every avenue, in every game of life. And He's at work, and He loves people. God loves people so much. He wants to use people that He loves to love on other people. Amen. And that's why these gifts are here, to edify the church, to edify people, to build them up, to help people understand that God loves them and He's connected to them and He has answers for them and He knows the secrets of their heart. And He wants to reveal the secrets of their heart so that they'll know that He loves them and that He has their best in mind. Amen. So ask Him for these things. This says to pursue love. The scripture says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. It's as simple as a desire. I don't know about you. Can I just say, yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. How many of you want these gifts operating in your life? If you don't want it, you don't have to put your hand up. But if, if you do, if you really do. You want to see these things in operation in your life. Then it just takes a simple desire. It, it doesn't take you working and striving for it. No, you got to pay the price. Hey, no, he paid the price. He paid the price and he's bringing gifts now. His pri the price that Jesus paid brings gifts. Praise God. And the Holy Spirit is here to gift us. So it's not something that we have to strive or work for because it's a gift. It's something for us to receive and to simply say, Lord, I want that. I want your gifts in operation in my life. I want to prophesy. I want to speak in tongues. I want to interpret tongues. I want to, I want to, I want to flow in words of wisdom and words of knowledge. I want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I want to, I want to operate in the gift of faith. I want to see the miracles. Use me, Lord. And he will. And he will. He's just looking for a willing vessel, someone who is hungry for it. Jesus said, those that are thirsty, those that are hungry, they'll be satisfied, they'll be filled. Amen. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for your precious spirit who comes with gifts. Not only has he come as our teacher, he's come to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin for those who don't believe, of righteousness for those who do believe, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. He's here to remind us, to let us know, to be aware of just how thorough a work Jesus has done. How thorough it is that for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the wicked one. And thank you, Lord, that the enemy is disarmed and dismantled. And we thank you, Lord, that the church of the living God is being prepared, equipped, strengthened, prepared and ready for that day when we will see our Savior face to face. Establish us in these gifts. Help us to operate in them freely, Lord, to not be anxious about them or fearful and to not push them away, but Lord, to receive them. Thank you for your precious spirit that's here to guide us into all truth, to teach us all things, to show us things to come and to help us to function in the power of the living God. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit. Maybe you're here today and you, you've not been letting the Spirit lead you. You're a child of God, 
but you've been living life for yourself. Just make that correction today. Just say something as simple as, Lord, I want to be led by you. I don't want to, I don't want to do it my own way. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Lead me. Take the lead in my life. Take the lead. Give me counsel. I want to hear your counsel. I want to follow your counsel. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.